Now we return you to the test card and some music. to the pilot take 74 a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present he is jed shepherd and like the cook said who hit his head and thought food were people hello mr jelly <laughs> that what? was terrible that was terrible what was that the cook who thinks food is people hello mr jelly Good afternoon, uh, <laughs> welcome, um, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, I hope that's confused you as much as it's confused me. I reckon people listen to us while they're in the bath. You reckon? Yeah, you know, it's quite relaxed. If, if you're currently listening to this episode in the bath... Splash really loudly so we can hear. Is that how it works? No, they, they take a photo of their feet at the other end of the bath and they tweet us. Oh, please don't, no? don't do that, no. don't want to see people's feet. All right, take a photo of yourself then, like in the your, bath. Your, no, your face, not you. Oh, right, okay. I do like you know what Ricky Gervais does on Twitter. You want people to take photos of their face in the bath? Yeah, just wet faces. Yeah, wet faces. Wet shiny faces. Wet in the bath. shiny faces. Shiny. Wet. I tell you what, go one bit further. Bubble yeah. bath it up. Yeah. Give yourself a Santa Claus style beard. Yeah. And then take a photo yes. and tweet us. Yeah. Make sure there's water in in the tub. Yeah. Well, obviously. Be a bit weird otherwise. I mean, yeah. I mean, how else do you get bubbles? Water and bubble bath, and how else do you do it? I, I mean, I, sometimes I do it when I'm shaving, just for a laugh. <laughs> just, just walk around, yeah. Oh, oh, put the shaving oh. foam on and just walk around and go, ho, ho, ho. That would be great. Um, I'll do it next time yeah, I have a shave. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a photo for you. I was just trying to get over that photo of you dressed as a as a tulip. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. Did you put it online? I'm sure I did. If, if not, I shall link it to the to the episode. Yeah, please do. So I tweeted the episode out a few times. Uh, link on iTunes or via postpotpodcasts.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I will um, I'll link the photo to that tweet as well, yeah. so you can so it makes sense as well. And you just reminded me, um, you'll probably be able to find the pilot podcast by now, hopefully, on Spotify. Yes, and Apple Music, as well as your normal Wunderbar. podcast places. Um, yeah, on Spotify, so you can, you know, you can listen to some Beyonce. Is that going to recommend us, like, uh, you know, if you like this, you must like the pilot? What do you think, we, what do you think we're going to come up as? And, like, you know, if you like this, you like the pilot. If you like Bucks Fizz, you like the pilot. Yeah, you reckon Bucks Fizz? I reckon. We can get ourselves in that little list? Maybe. Okay. Well, if you're listening to us via Spotify for the first time, then thank you very much. Um, could you just immediately after you've listened to this, listen to Bucks Fizz yeah. so we can get the algorithm working? Yeah, just always Bucks Fizz and us. Just, just, I mean, if you put it on mute, just yeah. literally search for Bucks Fizz as soon as the episode finishes each time. Yeah. And then Spotify's algorithm will pick that up and think, oh, fans of Bucks Fizz will <laughs> love the pilot podcast. Yeah. But I, th- I think Bucks Fizz is mostly popular around... June, July time when when the um, yeah, Eurovision's on. Yeah. Some people listen to it. Well, let's start it now. Yeah, We've got, yeah, we'll okay. give us a sort of like seven, eight months to, to get ourselves sort of some momentum. Yeah. And then by sort of May, June time next year when it's yeah. Eurovision, you know, time, uh, we'll be we'll be like ramping it up in the Spotify playlists. Yeah. We could have chosen, we could have, we could have chosen Drake or, or Taylor Swift. But we've chosen Buck Fizz. No, we don't want, I don't want to be associated we're, with Drake or Taylor Swift. Yeah. Right? Too popular. Bucks Fizz, please. Yeah, we're dying on that Bucks Hill, Bucks Fizz Hill. Yeah, damn right. That's it. Let's go for it. Um, <laughs> anyway, are you well? I am. I wanted before we started to, to 
because uh, today, as you guys probably know from reading the title, we're going to delve into some cartoons. When you were growing up, what were the cartoons that you were oh. into? Or what, what kinds do you like now? Do you, are there any particular cartoons, any animations you Now, I'll be watch? honest, yeah. I am and always have been yeah. a very big fan of the show that I chose this week. Uh, the latter of the two we're going to review this on the podcast. Okay. We can't don't mention um, it just yet. No. So I would say that actually that is definitely one of the ones up there. But I, if, I, if I look back to sort of my latter childhood years as I sort of approach teenage, maybe not even that really, um, I'm thinking things like the Cartoon Network came along. Oh, yeah. Um, and things like Disney Channel started to appear. But you're a Johnny Bravo guy, aren't you? You know I'm a Johnny Bravo I, I, fan. I, I knew that. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. Do the monkey with me. <laughs> hey there, sassy. That's, um, that's who you want to emulate, isn't it? I am. I, I mean, if, if Johnny I could, Bravo. If I could be... I mean, there are two people I try to emulate in life. Yeah. In, in, in aura, in my my look mm-hmm. as well. Um, Nelson Mandela, yeah. but Nelson Mandela yeah. and Johnny Bravo. <laughs> I mean... Mixed that, the two, yeah. It's just a kind of... If you can imagine halfway between Nelson Mandela and Johnny Bravo, <laughs> that's me. I am the love child of Nelson Mandela and Johnny Bravo. <laughs> I'm definitely swaying towards the Johnny Bravo look <laughs> yeah. a little more. Uh-huh. But you will often hear me... Half finished sentences, yeah. The way that Nelson Mandela <laughs> does. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we, we've explained that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Johnny Bravo for sure. Things like Dexter's Laboratory. Oh yeah, all the good stuff. Uh, Pinky and the Brain. Oh yeah, Animaniacs. Um, you were into that. I weren't you? loved yeah. Animaniacs. We did that what six or seven weeks ago now on yep, the podcast. Yep, yep. Um, oh, what other things did I used to watch? See, I love things like Flintstones and the Jetsons, which we did Classics, as well. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's going to be something that I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Bugs Bunny fan. I you, I don't think you can beat Looney yeah. Tunes. I, there's something about them. It's addictive. It's accessible. It's ageless. I agree. All of those classic Looney Which, Tunes. I believe. Merry Melodies. Is one of the comments you'll hear us say, probably, well, I certainly will, mm-hmm. about um, my choice of show this week. The ageless sort of side yeah, of it. Yeah, that's true. Some, some things like this, they don't date. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was one of the criteria we look for in a pilot episode is, you know, does it age well? Yeah. Um, can it be watched years and years later? Um, is it relevant to the era that it was launched in? Because we spoke about we spoke about Bodyguard last week. Yeah. Brand new drama on BBC, only released in August of 2018. Um, has it aged? It's impossible to say that because it's a month old. But yeah. it's very much of its time. Mm-hmm. And... You know, maybe in 10 years' time, 20 years' time, we'll look back and watch it and go, that's very much of its era. Yeah, that's so 21st century. But but, but it'll be able, you'll be able to watch it and it won't have aged in a bad way. It will tell very much a time and yeah. space in society. So you don't think the Flintstones has aged? No, not at all. I guess it still is about family and mm. that kind of never changes. I mean, we will always... I mean, things like the shows we're going to talk about today, which are two the two oldest shows we've done... On the podcast yeah. yet, yeah, yes, in their technique and their sort of graphic design, there's clearly room for improvement. Yeah, but we're talking about shows that are seventy plus years old. Yeah, and that's hell. that's yeah. incredible. Like I can't draw that well now, <laughs> with all the iPads and fancy smart pens in the world. I couldn't draw you something that looked that good. To be fair, like the uh, the show that I chose this week it is a bit crude. 
Yeah. But then I, saw, I think if this is designed for kids, all my favorite like cartoons when I was growing up, they weren't like the greatest like animations. Like, they don't have to be. Like we we we, we covered Dungeons and Dragons, not yep. the greatest animation of all time, quite crude, but it doesn't have the, to be. The writing's it's great. The storytelling. Yeah. There was a TV show called uh, a cartoon called Ulysses Thirty One. I don't know if you've ever seen that. We need to add that to the list, but that yes. was mind blowing. Um, and again, like Powerpuff Girls, uh, that kind of oh, stuff. Yes, it's just just fun, fun cartoons. Um, Cow oh, and Chicken. Oh yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. Do you ever watch oh, that? Oh yes, Cat Dog. <laughs> oh Cat Dog, yeah. All those wow. ones. Cartoon Network pretty much Ed, like Ed smashed it. Oh yeah. And do you remember? Have we done the Rugrats yet? No, we need to do Rugrats. On the list. We need to do Rugrats. But, like, one thing that was... This, I think this is an open invitation right here, right now, at the yeah. start of the episode. Um, cartoon week. All your cartoon suggestions in one Throw suite. cartoons. All of them. We'll stick them all on the list. We'll have, yeah. a, we'll have a big old cartoon binge. Yeah. If you were a fan of MTV in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, they had late night cartoons. Celebrity Deathmatch. Celebrity Deathmatch. Beavis and Butthead. Oh. Don't forget ah, that. Yes. And, and then they also had... Aeon Flux, which got turned into a Shies the Run film. Um, was that a TV show? That was based on, a, on an MTV cartoon. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then there was a cartoon that I used to read the comics for, and the comic's amazing. It's called The Max. It is one of the most incredible cartoons ever. So at some point we have to do The Max as the well. The Max, all right. Yeah. It is about a homeless guy who, uh, who is obsessed with a social worker, and in his dreams... He is a he is a monster in the in the outback, and she's a princess that he has to save. And it flicks between his dreams and the real life. Is this real? Have you made this up? No, I wish I made it up, but it's uh, it's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to, uh, the max, the max with two two X's. Oh, obviously, yeah. And the reason why I wanted to talk about cartoons is to and kind of show that this is cartoons are something that kind of is instilled it's the first thing first piece of entertainment we really watch isn't it and that's very true and like i feel like cartoons have evolved in some way like now cart animation in fact is designed for adults as well but whereas maybe in the past they were just designed for for children or there was a time actually no i'm completely wrong i think car- cartoons and animation started out for adults uh, or like older people, and then at some point it was designed for, for smaller Just, kids. Yeah, children probably found them funny because they were quirky, weird, yeah. didn't make a lot of sense. They were colourful or fun. Yeah, and I think The Simpsons was the thing that turned it around and made animation for adults cool again. Mm. And from then on, anyone can watch animation. Yeah, because I think we went through a period judged. where we're growing up, sort of got a bit snotty about yeah animations and mm-hmm. silly shows. Yeah. And then we, we sort of almost forgot to enjoy the silliness of life. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a cartoon is all about. Is it is. Either capturing um, adult ideas and delivering them in a very childish way yeah. or capturing a childish idea and sort of delivering it in an adult way. It's, it's a very weird yeah. like, space to be in. Distill just comedy into like because we were sitting here watching one of the things we're going to talk about now yep. we were laughing our heads off just that just, yeah. just that silly characters doing silly things and there's no words <laughs> no no words I think that's also what sometimes cartoons can do so very well is because there is no um, there's no physical limitations with a cartoon with, a, with, a, with a, an animation you've got you don't have to buy by any laws of physics no um, spatial awareness all goes out the window yep. There's no budget limitations. You can just 
If yeah. you think, if you dream it, you can, you can yeah. make it. Basically, if you can draw it, you can have it. Yeah. Um, so because of that, it, it opens up a, an impossible world. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, that it's very easy to, guess, get carried away with that. And That's our new boy band name, isn't it? Absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, we get, are impossible world! <laughs> and get carried away with it and go nuts. But if you bring it into a bit of reality, mm-hmm. you suddenly make it identifiable. Yeah. And I think that's what the two shows we're going to talk about this week do. My mind's just sidetracked to thinking about what our first single as Impossible World would be. Go on. It would be have to be like Planet Planet U or something. That's what it'd be called. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. Planet U, for sure. Yeah. Planet U. Yeah. <laughs> and then some sort of rocket-based um, mission song where we're going away, going yeah. out to, to discover new new worlds together. Yeah. And then the, the whole thing, the song ends with us realising that the thing we discovered most is that we miss you. Yeah, very very much so. Key change. We have to do a key change. Obviously. Get up off our stools, because we start off on the stools. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, put on a space suit. Yep. And then we zoom off at the end. Yeah, cables. Takes to to the roof. Bingo. beautiful. Hit single. Fireworks, confetti, everywhere. Perfect. Number one, here we come. Yeah. Um, so, see what we've, we've nostalgified ourselves. Um, that's not even a word, but it's now um, enough with our cartoon talk. We will do yep. um, as many of those as we can in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we're looking for suggestions from you on a weekly basis. We're trying to do every television every show, single one ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is and always was going to bring us back to the 1930s at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's start with your one, the oldest of the two. Yep. My one uh, is a bit of a weird one, but it's the first appearance of Betty Boop and uh, the cartoon's called Tall Cartoon and it is the specific episode title called Dizzy Dishes and, yeah, Betty Boop. Sounding hot and blue now this is a, I feel a little bit like we're, we're cheating a little bit, but we're kind of not. So um, explain I, yourself, Jed yeah, Shepherd. I consider this. This is actually the seventh episode of the Talkatoon series from the nineteenth from nineteen thirty. But I believe strongly that this is the pilot episode of the Betty Boop cartoon that came out in 1932. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Betty Boop, who is one of the most widely known successful cartoon heroines uh, there possibly is. Can I jump in quickly and say, is she the original Minnie Mouse? They're very, very similar. They both show their underwear quite often. (laughs) They both have high-pitched voices. They're both very flirty. Yeah. Uh, Was Mickey and Minnie just before 30 then? No, uh, this was first. This is first. So, yeah. so, I mean, I would, I, would, I mean, people probably, uh, yeah, they're probably going, that sounds about right. Like, yeah. Because there is quite a lot of similarity, quite a lot of crossover. Yeah. Um, and, but she's not a human in this, is she? She's not. She's actually half, she's like a half dog, half human. This, this whole episode is about basically a bar restaurant. Yep. And this is black and white as it comes. This is very, quite crudely drawn. And it's a bunch of anthropomorphic characters which are humanoid animals, 
mostly Bojack Horseman springs to mind. Yeah, basically that's what what it is. So it's like humanoid people. They have arms and legs and they wear clothes, but their faces are and like... And they sit at dinner tables and order food in a restaurant. Yeah, but, but they're, they're dogs. hippos and horses and dogs and yeah. cats. But like... Because the drawing is quite crude, you're trying to figure out, what is this animal? Is it a wildebeest? Is it a flipping frog? Who knows? Um, but what we, what we do know is that the guy who works there, he seems to be one of the few people who do work there in the kitchen. He is the waiter, he is the cook, and he is the maitre d'. He's essentially everything. And this guy, who I assume is a dog, he has like long flappy ears. It's a cat. Is that a cat? I don't know. I think he's a dog. I, 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 it's such a yeah, but like you say, it's, it's emphasis is that I think he's, he's sometimes not really ever sure what yeah. they are. It's, like, it's basically an animal. He's, he's wearing a a tux essentially because he is smart. It's a smart restaurant. It's a high class restaurant, and you know that because there are some dancing anthropomorphic girls on stage just doing a very synchronized dance uh, because animation is crude, and uh, he gets an order from a very big kind of i guess a dog hippo yeah. who knows what he is who seems Bear. like a bit of a brute and i was thinking right he's here by himself and he's throwing himself around what what's his story is it his birthday is it a mr yeah. bean situation where he's come there to kind of like celebrate and it's all going wrong all he wants has he been stood up on a date that's what it is and that's, that's why, he's, why angry. he's angry that's why he's angry he's, he's angry. like you know he's he's planned this yeah he's asked her out yeah she's not turned up He's furious. And he's like, the and only like, thing that's going to gonna get, stop it. Get a reservation at this restaurant is yeah. hard to go by. You know, Life music. This is 1930. Mm. This is like... You don't get these appointments like, you know, willy-nilly. Yeah. Like, he's thinking, well, yeah, I'm furious. I, I want to storm out and go home, but... Then he know, remembers, he looks at the menu, he's like, well, this duck looks pretty good. I'm not going to, yeah. like, I'm I mean, here they, now. They do roast duck, and I've got the table, so yeah. I might as well stay. So he gets a duck, he asks for the duck, and what happens? The way it comes out, he instead of just writing duck... He draws a duck on on a bit of scrap of paper, yeah, which I laughed at. It wasn't even funny, but I laughed at that. Anyway, I also like the fact he wrote down the price of it, yeah, six dollars, and takes it away. He doesn't give give that drawing to him. Can I? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think to do this before we started, but yeah. what's the inflation rate on six dollars in nineteen thirty? That's probably like a, that's probably like a year's wage. You can I'll have a look. It out. I'll look it up. I'll explain what else happens. So he takes that into a kitchen. He sees the drawing, so he knows what he's doing. Um, he doesn't get a duck and put it in the oven or prepare it or anything. He gets a duck and he sets it up on the counter like it's someone getting the haircut. He puts a little bib around it um, and he essentially slathers what looks like shaving cream on the duck. Um, and it's a dead duck. And then he kind of shaves it with a, with a shaver. And then you think, okay, but he's going to cook it. Nope, nope, that would be too easy. He uh, he takes the duck out on a plate, mm. but before but before he takes it to the guy who's patiently waiting, he gets sidetracked and he does a little dance. He does multiple dances, not just he. Yeah, the duck as well. The duck gets off the plate and starts the dancing. Shaved, yeah, headless duck. Yep, is now dancing. Yep. with the waiter. With the waiter, who's the chef? Not only that, and the maitre d. They get up on stage and don't. It, it's not. It doesn't do it in the corridor. It doesn't do it in the kitchen. I know. Because I assume in most most restaurants, the chefs dance with the food, but he does it on well, the I, stage. I mean, they do in Nando's. Yeah, exactly. And he dances on the stage mm. with the, and that's probably why they're extra hot in Nando's because they're dancing all the time. Yeah, on the stage with the dancing animal girls, dancing with this duck, and we. I watched this with you, and we were like, "What is going on?" Really, what what is going what on? What is going on? And this guy, he's so hungry. He's there. He's eating. He's eating plates. He eats a plate. Yeah, he puts some like salt and pepper on the plate. Yeah, and he puts another plate on top and bites into it like a burger. Plate burger. 
Plate burger. Yeah, McPlate. M- M- we don't know how much the plate burger is, by the way. No, there was no picture or price tag. Um, not only that, he's and he's watching. He's watching this duck dance, and he's like, right, okay, mm, I'm gonna eat this table. So he's, he takes the leg Pulls off the, the table, off. starts buying it, starts eating it, eats the table. And, and weirdly, though, it has got a bone in the middle of it. It does have a bone in the middle of it. He takes a couple of bites out of what you think is the wooden leg, and then he strips the rest of the meat off, and it's left with a bone, which he snaps in half and puts in his gob. And I'm thinking. That's very weird. And this, very weird. And also, then you do see little bits of of the guy back in the kitchen, and people are sticking their head going, "Where's my blinking order?" Mm. And and uh, multiple then, people. Do you notice how they do it slightly in rhyme and slightly in time with the music? Yeah, like "Where's my beef stroganoff?" At the time I was getting off or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's quite. There's some there's some clever little writing going on in that little moment yeah. where they try to tie it in with the music to sort of make it feel like it's a bit of a musical. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like a like a mini musical, and like we've got to mention, like we see then we see someone who gets on stage while this kind of dancing with a duck happens. We see Betty Boop arrive, and Betty Boop she's on stage looking like half a dog. She's got well, she looks like how Betty Boop looks, but with long dog ears. She's, yeah. she's half a poodle, which is the sexiest of dogs, yeah. as we all know. And uh, she's there with her garter belt showing and just singing, and but singing in a kind of like a baby talk kind of style, which was kind of popular yeah. in that time. So, like, I looked into this, and like people tend to think that she um, is based on like a 1920s flapper girl called Clara Bow. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you a picture of Clara Bow. Great name, by the way. That's what Clara Bow looks like. Now, and even wow. now, you think pretty hot. Yeah, she's, she's a good-looking girl. Um, but then, but you can see where Betty Boop has come from. Yeah, like, she the curly looks like hair. Her. But then they dark said dark eyes. She's more influenced by. Uh, let me find this. Another particular flapper girl, Helen Kane. Yeah, Helen Kane, and. Who, oh, I mean, that is ridiculously uncanny. It's Betty Boop again. That is actually Betty Boop. But I feel like all girls in the 1920s and 1930s had that haircut, had those big eyes, had those big red lips. Yeah. It's it's possible. Maybe that was a, a, a sort of deliberate move to sort of represent the era. Yeah. You know, the time. You know, women were starting to be a bit more noticed rather than just sort of always being housewives. They were They were getting more into the entertainment world as well. You know, you're thinking you're talking about 1930s, well, like was a tail end of the depression. Yeah. So you know, people are starting to look forward to life again a bit more. Yeah. You know, they're starting to actually think about enjoying themselves. You know, I've seen enough TV shows about that time, 20s and 30s, and there were a lot of like female singers that were like superstars, and she was essentially the superstar of the day, baby. Boop. Um, but like she. Besides Helen, uh, Clara Bow and Helen Kane, her voice was similar to the style of a singer called Baby Esther Jones, who looked nothing like Baby Boop, but she had that baby voice. A bit yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, so she's looking like a poodle. She she sings a little song. Everyone's dancing along. And that's it. That's it for Betty Boop in, in that episode. Um, but that is the very, very, very first time we ever see her on the television. Yeah. So this is, this is properly pilot material for what it to become a very long career yeah. in television. She's still doing stuff now. She was yep. she's doing stuff in the NFL, I believe. She was one of the uh like she she was like some kind of caricature for some advert mm-hmm. for in the NFL. She's uh she's always used for advertising campaigns. She was a uh, nearly ninety years old. Yeah. She's a feminist icon. Um 
but her her name actually Betty Booth. They didn't don't call her Betty in the, in that first pilot episode. It isn't for a couple of years before she actually gets the name Betty Booth and she starts to look like a human. Um, but yeah, it was bloody bizarre. What, what did you think? It didn't really have a narrative. What do you Massively. mean? Massively. It's not like the worst first day working in a restaurant ever. It's just like, right, okay. It was just, it, it, all animals. I, I think, I, I can't really work out what they were trying to achieve from the episode. Now, I realise what I'm trying to say here is I'm trying to give some sort of sense and reason to... Something that is yeah, not sensible. No. It almost feels like the creators were just trying to create something fun, experimental, a bit different, um, just to got lift spirits. It felt very, it very, it felt very spiritful, in yeah. that it was joyous. It mm-hmm. was um, even in the even with the angry sort of bruiser guy who was eating the table leg. Yeah, it all felt very uh, funny. Well, I think is the only word for it. I think it's just here's a here's a wacky situation for you. Here's a restaurant with a wacky load of people in it. And well, I've got a question. It's a very leading question. Go on. Who did that guy remind you of? Brutus. Who comes along later on. Do you mean Brutus? Or Bruno? Well... Go to, on. What to, are you trying to lead me to? I'm trying to lead you to the fact he... Bluto from Popeye. Yeah, wasn't he called Brutus before that, though? Oh, very possibly. We are talking about the same person, then. Yeah, yes, from Popeye. Popeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so, sure he was called Brutus. He may, he it, may Either before been. or after he was called Bluto. That's very, very possible. But yeah, no, very much so. That the, kind of big, yeah. rough-edged, tooth-missing... Who kind of doesn't really speak? Who's like knuckle dragger rah, 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 rah. character? Who's like a real antagonist? And you're a kid watching this, like this guy is scary. But um, so Fleischer Studios is the famous studio uh, who made all these like cartoons. So they they this is what they made. So they made one of the first things was Coco the Clown that was popular back in the day. Betty Boop, a character called Bimbo, and then they struck gold with Popeye the Sailor Man. And because Popeye the Sailor Man was a very minor character in another one of their cartoons, yep. he, he just like turned up and they were like, hang on, everyone loves this Sailor Man, let's make a whole cartoon. Boom. That's lots of success. We've got to do Popeye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they also made the first Superman cartoon, which, um, and you can, I remember finding a VHS at a, at a boots, a car boot sale of like old school Fleischer uh, Superman. And the, it's absolutely brilliant. Those old Superman cartoons really like straight and serious um but yeah i mean i'm i'm obsessed with the kind of style of this yeah it's very stylish music it's very musical it's it's, it's very dated but not in a bad way yeah it's very much showing you where we've come from and where all of this started and i say this Mm -hmm. as in the whole televisual universe yeah so many things over such a long period of time have taken something from this this particular show, um, but from Betty Boop as well, the female lead character. Yeah. I mean, we're still getting a lot of that now. That's coming back round to getting lots of television shows which are being female-led. Mm-hmm. Betty Boop was there in the 1930s doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was wearing not very much at, right at the start. Putting musicals into television. Like, that's yeah. that's groundbreaking. Well, one thing that kind of... Because you, obviously you, you saw her, she was very popular... Uh, with the guys when when her cartoons started coming out, but then um, in uh, 1934, I believe the Hayes Code came into effect. And I don't know if you know what the Hayes Code is, but I remember studying no. it in media studies. Uh, I did, 
It's got a degree. Um, the, the media studies. Uh, I, I studied music, mate. <laughs> I learned about the Hayes Code, and the, and the Hayes Code was a set of rules um, implemented where basically you weren't allowed to show very much skin. So, like in films, you weren't really allowed kisses, and uh, okay. there was a lot of violence taken out. So everything became a yeah, little yeah. bit more tamer. So you'll notice in the in the Baby Boop cartoons from the start to about 1934, she started wearing more clothes. So you start to see her mm-hmm. wear. Um, long sleeve so shirts and things, up. yeah, yeah. A bit like olive oil. Yeah, um, but yeah, so um, it's, we saw it's her w- wacky, our weird. Rawest. But do you know what? Despite that, we've been talking about this now for a good 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, how long's the episode? Six minutes. Yeah, exactly. Literally, all of this happens in the space of six minutes, and we yeah. haven't even talked about the fact that he carves the duck in the kitchen into the table. Um, uh, in time with a marching drum, snare drum, which gets quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker, and he ends up making a train set, which he escapes on out through the wall. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that, that's the only way you and could have ended this and episode. That's, that's the end of the episode. But imagine um, you saw this. Imagine it's 1930. You're, you would have thought your drink had been spiked. Say you're, but say you're a kid. You, they probably drank oh. gin when they were babies as well. Yeah, yeah. This would have... And, I'd have been rolling around on the floor laughing my head yeah, off. 1930. I'd have thought this is the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, it'd be like, wow, this crazy thing's happening. These animals can talk. Yep. That duck's dancing. It, it, it would have blown my tiny little mind. In yeah. fairness, it still blows my mind now in, this, in 2018. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> and uh, do you know what? I think it's better than some of the stuff that currently oh, exists yeah. today. So Definitely. let's do some scores in a minute. Yeah. Last thing I want to add before we move on to my show, uh, the conversion rate, according to this <laughs> website... Okay. Six dollars in nineteen thirty is the equivalent of ninety dollars today. Yeah, okay. So that's a ninety dollar roast duck. So it's like a pretty good swanky restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. Well it's got live music, mate. You know. Yeah, but that's just for the duck. He didn't even have a roast potatoes with it. But you got you got sit down, nice table by himself. Mint sauce. Have a pretty good table, quite near to the stage. Ninety quid, pretty good. What's <laughs> that? And, um, uh, yeah, there you go, $90. Okay, wow. They really were punching in that episode, mm, weren't they? Yeah. Um, all right, so, well, you sent us away to watch that from 1930. And what did you go away and watch? The only thing that I could think of in the immediate sort of moment afterwards was uh, one of my favourite cartoons of all time, possibly my favourite of all time, uh, from just ten years later as well. It's Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Jasper. Or Jasper and yeah. Jerry, should we probably correctly say. Um, first thing to note is MGM were obsessed, and probably still are, I think, to this day, obsessed with big band intros yeah. and title sequences before the cartoons. There's a good few minutes of that line roaring and then a big orchestra coming in yeah. saying... I think it's because everyone watches in the cinema, because you used to watch these things in the cinema on a Saturday morning. You used to yeah. go there and... and- you still watch Tom and Jerry on the television today. You still get that. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I'd like to say that that's an iconic feature of yeah. Tom and Jerry. It makes you think this, we're in for a treat here. 
I would love to watch Tom and Jerry at the cinema. Like, <laughs> genuinely would go and pay actual money of my actual own. Yeah. And sit in the cinema for a couple of hours and watch Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah. That'd be good. If there's, a, if there's anyone that works in a cinema... Could have done it. Can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? I would... I, I bet you'd sell a screen out. Just Tom and Jerry cartoons? Tom, all the Tom, back catalogue of Tom and Jerry. Do you reckon we appreciate them in Britain as much as they appreciate them in, in America? They're icons in America. It's, it's quite rare I hear people now in, in the UK say, did you see that Tom and Jerry cartoon the other day? No one says that anymore. Well, Not anymore, but we could bring it back. If we had it on the cinema. Yeah. Like, oh, we can go see the if cinema. If they did a limited run, I, yeah. bet if, I bet if they did a limited run, yeah. put the hype up, yeah. you know, get the hype going... There's going to be a limited run, exclusive viewing at cinemas only, back catalogue of Tom and Jerry cartoons. Okay, I'm going to give you the scenario. Go on. You've got two, you've got two hours to spare, right? Yep. And uh, you're right next to a cinema. Yep. You've got a, a free ticket to watch go watch something. Yep. You're looking down the thing, you're seeing, oh, the new Avengers movies there. Oh, the new, uh, the new uh, Country movies there. Oh, and this is... Uh, Tom and Jerry's there. And then there's this other a big action film from America. What would what would possess you to go watch Tom and Jerry, which you can watch at home? Every ounce of my soul would possess me to go and watch Tom and Jerry. Over yes. the latest offerings yes. from Hollywood. Yes. Why? Because I feel like I'm watching something different that I haven't seen before, ever. I've never I've never experienced Tom and Jerry on the big screen. That's ever. True. That's true. They did have a movie in the 90s. Did they? 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 I, might have dreamt, I might have no, dreamt that. you made that up. I might, might be thinking of... Um, you definitely made that up. Roger Rabbit, because I think... Are they in Roger, Roger Rabbit? Ooh. Betty Boopies. Betty Boopies. Yeah. Uh, I think they may appear in one of the scenes towards the end. I think they're in it, you know. When they break through the wall and they go to Looneyland. That's quite possible, yeah. Very possible with the Tom and Jerry... Bloody love that Small film. cameo. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely think I, I still stand with that statement. I would go and watch Tom and Jerry for two hours in the cinema than, than the latest Avengers movie or the next Die Hard movie or whatever. It's okay. Because I think it's something so very different. And we sat and watched it straight after watching Betty Boop. And what was it, 10 minutes in total? Yeah. A little three parts or so on, on online. And it's brilliant. There's it's no there's, the, the narrative to the story, fantastically told. It's the same every episode, there, isn't it? It's it never same, changes. It's the same every episode. Yeah. There is no spoken parts other than the woman, which mm-hmm. we believe to be possibly the house owner, maybe the cleaner. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We never really find out. Yeah. She, we just hear her shouting Jasper a lot. Jasper. And then you sort of go, what? Who? And then you realise that Tom, as we know him, is called Jasper. But the whole premise of it is that Tom, the cat, in case you've never seen it, um, is a house cat who plays with a house mouse. Yeah. Um, but he's never really maliciously out to try and kill it. No, I think he just likes the, the toying aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Now, I, my other half, um, her mum and dad have got three cats, and the youngest of them is very much like Tom in that aspect. <laughs> he will always go and find a field mouse, yep. bring it back to the garden, Uh-oh. and play with it in the garden. Live Never... cat. Live cat, li- live cat <laughs> and a live mouse, yes. Yeah. It's not a dead cat going after live mice, yeah. And he, and he won't kill him. He just plays mm-hmm. with him. Okay. Picks him up of his mouth, 
runs around in the garden, dumps them on the ground, lets them run off, catches it again. That's good. It's animal instinct. Yeah, puts his paw on, but only soft enough just to hold it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mouse plays dead for a second because he thinks, well, hang on, if I stay still enough, maybe he'll go away. The mouse is into it. He likes yeah, the yeah. game. I, th- I think there's a there's a unspoken or a cat-spoken agreement between the two of them that I'm going to chase you around the garden, yeah. you keep running, and I'll, I'll, I won't hurt you. I like the thing yeah. the cat says, same, same time tomorrow, Bill? Yeah, yep, Jasper, yeah. same time tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I, I genuinely feel like I actually get to see this relationship firsthand yeah. in the real animal kingdom today. Mm. Yeah. So there's, the, you know, I like the fact that you've got this relationship between cat and mouse, which we're all sort of told as children is, you know, cat and mouse being the whole thing. You know, yeah. cats always chase mice and they always catch them and, and things like that. But it seems to be a game. They seem to both be agreed that there's this, yeah. you know, both sharing the house and the mouse shouldn't really be out. And when he is, the cat's going to catch him, but the cat's not really going to do anything. No. He's just going to play with him for a bit and whatnot. And the mouse is always trying to get away. And the mouse is more clever than the cat. Well, That's this always is what, the, yeah, this the is archetype. We're led to believe that the, the cat's got the upper hand the whole time mm-hmm. to start with. And then the mouse seems to somehow turn yeah. the tables on him and, and you know, hilarity ensues. But they've used this formula, especially Warner Brothers. No, this is MGM, isn't it? Mm. But, like, there's MGM, uh, there's lots of Warner Brothers cartoons that kind of copy it. So you've got Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Yep. Similar situation. You've got um, uh, Daffy Duck and uh, that Martian. Marvin, uh, yeah, Marvin the yeah, Martian. Yeah. Sylvester and Tweety Pines. So, yep. You've got the Roadrunner and the Coyote. Yep. Same thing. Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Yeah. Well, but you've got the... Kind of Catch the Pigeon as well. Catch the Pigeon. Yeah. It's, it's the same formula. Again, again, just different animals fighting each other. Different different, different sort of duo relationships. Yeah. That sort of... That cat and mouse. Very much that cat and mm-hmm. mouse relationship between different characters. Um, and, and that... I, you know, that example alone, that sort of feast you've just given us there is uh, uh, all you need to say about Tom and Jerry yeah. to realise how important it is for television. Uh, it does such a superb job. But, you know, the, so they're, um, they're playing and uh, they knock over something. And I think he breaks a vase, doesn't he? Or, I mean, he knocks over a pillar yeah. in the house. So um, Tom's winding him up. He paints a fake mouse hole on the skirting board. Jerry runs into it several times, gives himself a headache and a migraine and has stars floating around his head. So Tom thinks this is funny. Jerry makes a run for it, turns the corner. Tom does the same, runs into a plinth, knocks it over, shatters it. Mum comes down. Jasper! Is it the... Yeah, I well, don't think it's the mum. It's I think it's maybe the house the maid, owner. The housemaid or, yeah. or something like that. Um, comes down with the old sort of old-fashioned broom, smacks him over the head with it. Um, and Jerry's laughing from a distance. Anyway, so the situation sort of rectified. You smash one more thing, Jasper, and you'll be out. O-W-T, out. Um, and then Jerry's sort of in this position where he's thinking, well, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get him in trouble now. He's a bit of, a, he's yeah. a bit of an evil git. He's old Jerry. Like I said to you, I was like, Jerry's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not a he's not a good guy. But you kind of you do kind of side with him, and like a little because you you were a kid when you watch this, you got the little devilish side in you. And maybe this is the the start, the formation of when a, when a kid suddenly goes, oh, I could be a right evil yeah. person if I really wanted. to. And I to. think there's actually a sibling sort of. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's definitely a sort of sibling rivalry style relationship developing at this part. Yeah. In that the smarter of the two 
starts to realise they don't have to do anything necessarily yeah. directly to the other sibling. Mm-hmm. They just have to put them create a scenario where there's only one outcome, and that's yeah. that the other one gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he starts to threaten to throw wine glasses off the top of the table. <laughs> and Tom's like, oh, no, please don't. I'll, I'll leave you alone then. I'll leave you alone. Yeah. And then Jerry sort of puts it down and goes, yeah, that's right. You'll back away. Get over there. In your corner. And then Tom sort of notices he's not paying attention and legs it back over. And he's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. No, no. All right. No, you're fine. I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. I'll go over here. I'll go over here. And Jerry's like, yeah, that's right. Damn right you'll go over there. But the then Tom is, sort of comes up with the idea of putting the cushions down and yeah. thinks he's got the upper hand. And for a moment he has. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it sort of turns it again. And, and it's and it's a constant little battle between the two of them. And it's, it's whether or not Tom's going to win or Jerry's going to win. And, and I was thinking, Jerry isn't as smart as he as I thought because Jerry could have just smashed it on the table that was in front of him or well, smashed does, it against the wall. Yeah, I mean, it does smack him a couple of times with a wine glass and it doesn't break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah so there's, there's a few, you know... Um, Elements of the physicalities of the universe that they seem to break. But again, like I said, in the world of animation, in the world of cartoons, you don't have to abide by the rules of physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to set this narrative out. And, you know, he could have thrown it on the floor and it smashed. Yeah. It's like, actually, he throws it at one point, doesn't he? He throws it at the floor yeah. from the top of a chest of drawers of some sort. Mm-hmm. Turns to Tom, whistles at him, points at the floor. That still still doesn't hit the floor, by the way. And Tom goes ah, and then dives across the room and catches it. And he, how high is that chest of drawers? <laughs> Seven miles high. You know, it's 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 clearly fallen a long way. But I didn't understand. So this makes me think that Jerry doesn't really want him to go because no, of course as he doesn't. As soon as Jerry smashes that, then that's uh, Tom out of the picture. Mm. Like, and then he has free reign, but. He's almost like, no, I won't do it. I kind of need him yeah. around. Otherwise, there's no fun. Exactly. So it's quite a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And, and ultimately, like, this, this lady, whoever she may be, um, kicks him out at the end because there's a big scene with uh, a whole stack of plates, which are all displayed. Like, so now, yeah. if you've got the right mindset for this, um, you imagine those old sort of style shelves but they're like a sort of picture rail level in the yep. room and they go around the top of the room and like maybe it's your mum maybe it's your nan or something like that you used to have all these sort of china plates or teapots up there really and weird stuff yeah you know where people collect things up really really high and they get gathered do dust do that i don't know yeah weirdos yeah my mum is weird <laughs> um <laughs> so no, actually, no, in fairness, no, it wasn't. It was my, my old man used to stack up the um, little models of bikes, like motorbikes. He had hundreds of them. Models of motorbikes? Like, yeah, just like, high up on... Like, proper, like, replica, like, uh, scale model oh, of okay. motorbikes. Old, old-fashioned ones and new-fashioned ones as well. Okay. Um, but, no, I remember, like, things like my nan used to have, like, lots of plates and things like that, which, yeah, you know, yeah. like, commemorative stuff, you know, nice yeah. China things. Before the internet, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um and so there's this great big sort of shelf all the way around the room and Jerry's up there and once he sort of, um, he sort of realises the wine glass isn't going to work, he, mm-hmm. he threatens to sort of smash the plate so he starts throwing them down at the pushes floor. Pushes them off, and, yeah. Yeah, and pushes it, and then he legs it around the whole room, pushing one off after the other and Tom's underneath like and catching them. Effects. Yeah, catching them one after the other on top of them and he ends up with this enormous great big... Tower of plates. You know, leaning, meandering tower of plates all the way to the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable heights <laughs> on this tower. Um, how tall this room is is another question in uh, the, the story. But, you know, and, and the whole thing sort of 
kind of pinnacles at this moment where you've got this enormous stack and then Jerry comes down and he's like, right, yeah, I'll leave you in the corner then, worrying <laughs> with this plate cart. So he's not completely evil, but he... He just puts the scenario there where there's only one outcome. He does pull his tail a few times, doesn't he? And he kicks him in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Splashes him with milk and things like that. Yeah. And then Tom gets kicked out. Um, and then Jerry sort of like happily wanders back into his hole again. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. But you know that Tom will be back. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's like, well, what's he going to try next? Well, essentially the same thing over and over and over and over again. But do you know what? It doesn't get boring because it's fun to see the underdog win. And there's a, there's a translatability with the lack of language. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I've been a big fan of for a long time, but a lot more recently... Sex and the City. Mm. Yeah, absolutely that. But yeah. also... Sorry, buddy. Did you um, kick me because I, I said Sex and the City? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> just kicked you because I could. Um, the unspoken comedy. Yeah. It, sometimes words can... Well, they can stop something from being understood... Whereas imagery, Mr. Bean, when we talked about Mr. Bean, didn't we, a few weeks ago, it's the lack of words that actually make it more accessible. That was a great episode as well, that first episode. Everyone can relate to falling asleep whilst they should be paying attention to something. Like, we've all been overtired, not slept enough, had to go to something where we've found ourselves genuinely sitting there struggling to keep our eyes open. Yeah. And you get that scene in the church with Mr. Bean. The, the thing with Tom and Jerry is because you've got the lack of language interfering or steering you down a certain pathway, yeah. you, just, you just acknowledge it for what it is. It's just two people basically having a go at each other. Yeah, yeah. And every television show we have watched, every single one, if we sat here and listed them all right now, mm-hmm. we would find the Tom and the Jerry in each episode. Yeah, Pugwall, there's Pugwall and his sister Marmalade. Yep, fact. Yeah. You've got um, House yep. and Wilson. Yeah. Constantly at it, you know, mm-hmm. or more probably House and Cuddy, actually. Yeah. The MD. That's true. Um, you know, in Fringe, you've got um, Walter. Walter and Walter and, and his son. Yep. Both at it the whole time. Um, the Flintstones. Yeah. So he's Barney and Fred at it, you know. Yep. Any, any, you could pick any single thing we've done. And yeah. maybe not Planet Earth. I don't know. There was a lot of Tom and Jerry stuff going on, though, wasn't there? Well, yeah. There's lots of cat and mouse. There's yeah. lots of chasing and, and hunting mm-hmm. and such. So maybe technically, yeah, you can yeah. include that as well. You, you could find that scenario yeah. or that relationship. It's a very human scenario. Mm. Yeah, we've all got our arch nemesis. But is but Tom all... doing anything bad? No. Is Tom is just doing what's natural. He's a victim. He is the victim. Tom is the victim in yeah, this. Yeah, he is. Free Tom. I feel sorry for Tom. Yeah. Free Jasper. Jerry, you swine. Absolute swine. He's an absolute swine of a mouse. <laughs> I just don't know what else to say, babe, because when you break it down, when you, I mean, again, 10 minutes long. Yeah. We've managed to talk about this for the best part of 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And what we've actually discovered is yeah. that Tom is treated as the bad guy, yeah. but he's actually the victim. He's the good guy. Well, he never really, like, he, he gets Jerry in his mouth on a couple of occasions, mm. but leaves it open long Doesn't enough. swallow. Yeah, he leaves it open long enough for him to escape. And he seems fine with it. I like Tom. I feel sorry for Tom. I like Tom as well. He, he gets beaten up by the Jerry's mistress. Jerry's an ass. He's an absolute mouse dick. That's what he is. He is. I mean, that house is big for enough for both of them. Hmm. 
why doesn't it just let bygones be bygones? But I think Jerry's also, he likes the game. Yeah. He likes the game. So he knows Tom's going to be back. And he knows he's the underdog yeah. in that he's a mouse. Yeah. So he's limited by his size. Mm-hmm. He's the David and Goliath yeah. sort of scenario. Um, and it's a formula works. It's a, and, and actually, you know, even to this day, you could show this particular episode as well, which is Puss Gets the Boot. Yeah. You could show it today and kids would still enjoy it alongside oh, anything that has been made in 2018. 100%. And you wouldn't have to explain anything, nope. who this person is, who this person is. You'll know cat and mouse. 78 years old, this episode. Yeah. And I think it stands up better than so many of the shows we've watched. Even and stuff that's only a year old, a couple of years old. Yeah. Like I said, like it's absolutely timeless, isn't it? It's... Mm. it's it's just and we watched we watched the color version. Uh, mm-hmm. We we believe it's originally in black and white. I think it was originally in black. And uh, white. We've watched the mar- remastered version, as it were, in color, HD or it's an HD yeah, version and, as well. Yeah. And yeah, it clearly hasn't taken a lot to spruce it up to yeah. make it color. Mm-hmm. But you haven't lost any of the tradition. Yeah. In what Tom and Jerry stands for. Yeah. I just I just need to know who she is. Is she the mum? She owned them. Well, she the housemaid. I just don't. I'm not 100% sure we should delve too deeply into who she is because it might be bad news. Because if you think about the time when it was... Yeah, could be. Yeah, Well, that's true. But then again, that's reflective of, of when of how old it is yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, I know I, that's been brought up before. I know it's a subject that's been brought up before and people have discussed who, who she is and mm-hmm. what her role is within this house. I feel like she's been overly harsh on Tom, a.k.a. Jasper, because it isn't her house and she'll get in trouble herself if anything oh. breaks. That's the vibe I'm getting. Interesting. She, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. And yet we know full well it's Jerry's fault. Jerry's the mastermind. He's the, he's, it's like Pinky in the Brain. He's the brain. Yeah, yeah. We should do Pinky in the Brain at some point. We'll do Pinky in the Brain as well. Yeah. All right, should we also score these two? Let's score them. All right. Start with my one. Yeah, Betty Boop. Um, Do you want to go for the commandments? Let's see if we can yeah, use the commandments. Let's go the commandments. It's only fair to use what okay. we know we we'll have. Let's do Betty Boop first. All right. So, what's commandment one? Theme tune. Uh, no, do you want to watch another episode? Do you want to watch episode two? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't need to. Don't feel like I need to. But then we did say that this is technically not a Betty Boop episode. It's just the very, very first time yeah, we see but, her. but, you know, it should make me want to see... Another episode. You with brought her, she... her in for the reason, so I feel like I've seen Betty Boop. Yeah, I would say so as well. I'd say it's fair enough. Uh, does it have a memorable theme tune? No, nope, not memorable. Not. I mean, um, it's music all the way through, so that kind of, which was all right, but means you sort of lose the impact of a theme tune, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does it introduce you to a new character? Well, yes. I'm assuming yeah. you get introduced to Betty Boop through another, but also show. that Maitre D waiter. I had fun joining him on his journey. On I assume it's his first day on the job because he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he seems to be making it up though as he goes along. <laughs> yeah. and he's doing a pretty standard job. Yeah. Uh, would you pause for a pee? I mean, if I went for a pee, I'd miss the whole thing. So I'd yeah, probably well, I, was go- I was about to say exactly the same thing. Actually. I could probably wait. Probably hold it. <laughs> uh, do you feel emotionally connected with one or more of the characters? A little bit with the with the waiter stroke cook guy. Yeah. I was like, he needs help. This this restaurant seems to be busy. They need to get some more staff. If they're charging ninety quid for, a I'm thing. sure they can afford a couple more yeah. staff. Yeah, for sure. Um, would you recommend it? 
only out of curiosity, not yeah. as something to watch next. Like, I'm not going to text someone in a minute and say, you really you should need to start watching yeah. Game of Thrones and watch Betty Boop yeah. right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's very much uh, agreed there. Uh, is there a mic drop moment? Well, he does burst out of the restaurant on a train that he made out of a, out of a table. Yeah. Mic drop, probably not, but... <laughs> no. But... Uh, does it defy expectations? In a weird way, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. If you just go to me, Rob, I want you to watch a 1930s cartoon. Yeah. And you showed me that. I'd be blown away. Yeah. Which I genuinely was. Like watching it, thinking, I can't do that now. <laughs> yeah. And what, yeah. With all the tech in the world, I couldn't do that now. And also, just from the story point of view, like, if I had to write a Betty Boop story, there's no th- nothing in me that would come up with that idea. Not the chance. I, I just... I'd have to take so many illegal substances to get there. I would yeah. probably kill myself. Yeah, it's crazy. But what we what we have seen and what I think does defy expectations uh, is the quality of um, the kind of like the weirdness. Because I mean, there was nothing really before this, and I'm, I'm assuming this was shown in cinemas as well because no one had TVs. Yep. The quality. Of the weird, it's really hard to do something weird and, and and make it good. But I think this is weird in a real good way. Is and there's a quality to the weird, to the weirdest shrillness. I think there's a lot of moments in this as well that you see emulated in, in future things. Like for instance, in the mask, um, yeah, uh, film where Jim with 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 the hearts pumping out. Oh, where, the, where Jim yeah. Carrey sees the and sees he, the he singer anthropomorphically changes into a wolf, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's from multiple cartoons. But this must be the first time where we see someone looking at Betty Boop and the heartbeat heart. out the chest thing. Yeah. Oh, good point. So I think things like that did defy expectations, and I like I like weird stuff. Mm. I like weird stuff. Yeah, it is, and it's fun weird. Yeah, it's fun weird. Has it aged well? Well, we're watching it, and I, well, yeah. I enjoyed myself watching it. I mean, it's very much of its time, <laughs> yeah. for sure, but somehow it seems to sort of stand up Yeah, in today. I'm, I'm not sorry I watched it. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, and is the hype real? I don't know if there was any hype around Betty Boop. I feel like she's one of those characters that we all know about. But have we actually watched a bunch of yeah. things that she's done? Um, I didn't know what to expect from this. I knew it would be weird, but I didn't realise it would be that weird. Um, I didn't think it'd be this weird. Yeah. I thought it'd be a little bit more plain. So actually, it sort of defied my expectations in that sense and was probably more exciting than I expected it to be. Yeah. Which is always quite nice. The only hype comes from the fact that she's meant to be like a real legend cartoon. So maybe it didn't live up to the legendary status, but... No, you can see not. why people kind of like that okay. kind of thing. So, what kind of score do you want to give it then? I'm going to give it a six. It's a fair score. I think it's, it was entertaining in its own little way. It was weird, but it was also a pioneer for a lot of the things that came before. So, um, I'm not going to watch another another thing, and that give, that drops down the score quite a lot. But I only give it a six. So I think it's fair for, for no. I, do you know what I, I was going to say? Six myself. Um, okay. I think it's fair. I don't want to give it anything less because it hasn't got a great theme tune, or um, you know, there's not a sort of narrative to it or anything like that because it's a bit weird. But I feel it's, it's got so, so many important elements to it that we we just simply wouldn't have the television we have today yeah. without it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a twelve. It's a 
pretty fair score for the oldest show we've ever done on this podcast. Yeah. 88 years old. Bloody hell. Can we get earlier? Is there anything earlier? It'll be Your trash. suggestions are welcome on Twitter. It'll be trash. Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Bear in mind, we've watched a slightly remastered version. Yeah. Bit longer. Ten years on. Should we go down does the it, list? Does it have an unfair advantage? I don't know. Um, do you want to watch episode two? Not immediately, but... No. If it was on TV, if it came on, I wouldn't turn over. Yeah, if it came on, I wouldn't turn it over. I wouldn't go searching for it yep. as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, theme tune? I like it. I like the fact it's got this big, grand sort of cinema, cinematic sort of entrance. Yeah, it's not that memorable, but no. it was it was an impressive one. But it's an iconic intro every time you watch Tom and Jerry. <sighs> you never yeah. you never not get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, does it introduce you to a new character or journey? Well, I guess it's the first time we've seen mm-hmm. this cat and mouse. Um, and it's quite a simple scenario I don't think for this. Any journey whatsoever? No. I think, yeah. So no, I would say no to that. Okay. One. Would you pause repeat? No. No. Do you feel emotionally connected? Yeah. I feel sorry yeah. for Tom. Tom. And I hate Jerry, the git. Do you know what Tom is? He's your guy. He's my guy, yeah. Yeah, you haven't been a guy <laughs> for a while. A guy, yeah. Tom's really... my guy. Okay, Tom's your guy. Uh, would you recommend it? Absolutely, I would. Yeah, I would. Like, especially, like, I've got a niece like, and nephew. You, what's to say? Your niece and nephew. Yeah. You tell them to watch Tom and Jerry? Yeah. I would put my nephew in front of the television and say, watch this. I'll do it. Next time he's watching YouTube, it's, it's or he watches all kinds of rubbish on YouTube. I was just like, watch Tom and Jerry. Proper cartoon. Yeah. Proper cartoon. Uh, is there a mic drop? No, not no, really. Not really no. a mic drop. Does it defy expectations? Yeah, because it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. It stands up. It really does stand up. Yeah, well, that goes into that. Has it aged well? Yes. 100%. Absolutely, it has. Uh, Given but, the amount of time when it was made t- till now and mm-hmm. the way the world changed, it still stands up. Yeah. And is the hype real? Yeah. I think so. It's as good. Tom and Jerry is good, full stop. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so yeah. a score then. I'm going to be a bit more generous than Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the best thing I've ever watched, yep. so I'm going to go 7.5. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That makes For all the reasons we, we said it before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 14.5 then. That's in the, is that in the weirdo kind of Not quite. Segment? It's sort of just below the weirdos. What's I think. got 14.5 the... before? Well, let's have a look. Hang on. 14.5 on our league table. Series of unfortunate events. Attack ah. on Titan. Bottom. Mm-hmm. Family Guy. Peaky Blinders. Ren and Stimpy. Ah. <laughs> Bojack, and Hor- Bojack, uh, Bojack and Horseman. Bojack Horseman. Scrubs. True Detective. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> Murder in Successville. There's so a lot. actually... It's sitting in about the right kind of place. Yeah, yeah. Given okay, what we've good. mentioned. So. Yeah, yeah. In the bunch of good, good shows there. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit further down, number 12, uh, the IT crowd, Friends, Everybody Loves Raymond, MacGyver, Power Rangers, <laughs> Robot Wars, and now Betty Boop. Betty Boop. I mean, really. And while you're updating that, I th- we need to come up with we what do. we're doing next, next week. Next week, mate. Next week. I've got an idea what I'm going to do for on. mine. Well, basically, this is something because... Another 88-year-old show or no, something a bit newer? A little bit newer, specifically newer. So you know how we did Doctor Who, the first episode of Doctor Who from the 60s, a little mm. while ago? I've always said to you, we need to think of the new series of Doctor Who like a completely different show. Because there was like a 10-year break and they came back with Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Um, and also Emma 
who was on the sh- who was on the show before oh, with yeah. the crown. She is obsessed with Doctor Who. I've also got a couple of my friends worked on the new Doctor Who. Of course, you have. Um, <laughs> well, one of them also one of them was the cinematographer on Doctor Who, and then he's some cinematographer on my film Multiplex. Oh, there we go. Here we go. So rubbing shoulders, <laughs> stars. I think. Are you right there, mate? <laughs> Just getting comfy, mate. Just wondering how many more people, how many more names you're going to drop. I might as well get Clang. comfy. Might as well get comfy for it. <laughs> Yeah. So, so then you see the Doctor Who, and if Emma is around, she can come on as a special guest and tell you exactly why you should give it a high score. And she's, so, so you want me to judge the the new episode, the new series? Yeah. So Doctor Thirteen. Not not Doctor Thirteen. No, the new series started from Christopher Eccleston. All right, okay, fine. Oh, that's, because you're that's, breaking a rule here, mate. It's no. not technically the first episode, is it? It's the first episode of New Doctor Who. So Old Doctor Who finished with... Oh, now I'm going to have to think of a show that's gone away and come back. Well, you don't have to. You can just think of another time travel one or... Uh... Okay. Have you thought of one? Yeah, it's not going to get as good a score. I know that now because it was canned after a season. What's that? But we've mentioned it already. Today? Um, no, I think we mentioned it last week, okay. on last week's episode. Um, because uh, they have uh, suggested shows for us. Okay, this is uh, one from you guys. Uh, yeah. Tell so, us on Twitter. So, so actually, it's not even a suggestion, but it is the thing that they do talk about <laughs> and not suggested for us. You know where I'm going with this? I'm do. going for Primeval. Oh, okay. I do think I've seen the first episode of that. I've seen bits and bobs here and there. Or am I going for Primeval? I think I think it could. It's like a tea time show, same as Doctor Who, isn't it? Like yeah. six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's like an early evening show. Yeah. Time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, do it. Let's do it. Primeval. You never know. You never know. It, it could might be good. blow my flaming mind. Yeah. And the pe- the guys from the uh, Primeval podcast, maybe they can record their reasons why it's the I'll best show. I'll get in show. touch. Yeah. Ask them to record like get, a... Get me on Twitter, guys, and I'll, we'll, we'll chat. Yeah. We'll chat between now and next week's mm-hmm. uh, recording. So. Okay. And they... Get them to record a message why it should be Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, obviously. Okay. I mean, that's... Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly what I was going to do. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Cool. So if you do want to find us on Twitter and you don't know where we are, uh, yeah. Jed Shepard. I'm at Jed Shepard on Twitter, which is J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. And I'm at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. Yes. And extra beatbox this week. It's going to get more ridiculous as the weeks go on, isn't it? And that's awesome. That was really fun. That was a lot of fun. We've essentially strung out 16 minutes worth of animations to an hour. So we've done well. We've done well. Okay. Well, that just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile? That's the one. I was just thinking of time travelling next week, so I was like, or is it soon, Mr. Moon? <laughs> what? Are you, what was in that coffee? You I had? don't know. <laughs> I think these fruit pastels have gone off.